What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fandom Talk. This week, we're talking about the Joker trailer, Sajam non-spoilers review, CinemaCon, the Avengers Endgame ticket snafu, and Rush Hour 4. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And thank you for listening. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fandom Talk. Fandom Talk episode 29. Man, we're almost 30 episodes. I mean, we're getting old. We're having a good time here today, man. I got some great guys on. Some you already know, and the other ones you already know, too. I'm going to start off with my man Alex from Momentum Media. What's going on, Alex? What's up, Malcolm? It's a pleasure to be back on Fandom Talk, and I'm glad we have the whole game together. So it's going to be an exciting episode, so I can't wait to get into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I got my man Kevin Garlington from Huffster Photography. What's going on, Kev? Hey, man. Happy to be here. Ready to talk. It's uh, some pretty, pretty, pretty good news this week. So let's let's talk. Let's dig in. Oh yeah. And last but not least, all the way from Mars himself, Mr. Jeremy Branch from Be Terrible. What's going on, Jeremy? Twenty-nine episodes. That is uh, wow. That's that's fantastic. I guess we'll. We'll probably make more of a thing on 30. Like 20 is just 29 is not the one that people are uh, are celebrating too much. But this is right, right. to be back. Man. It's to be back. Yeah, I turned 29 this year. Woohoo! Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. So, not only do we have some good things to talk about today, I bought my 200th Funko Pop. All right. Everybody clap it up for me. <laughs> hold up, hold up. What did you get for your 200th Pop? I got the Black Panther Funko, where he has on the black robe. Nice. Yeah, man. Okay. So, we're going good. We're going strong. First, before we get started, I'm going to let my man, Jeremy Branch, introduce himself. Some of you know him. Some of you don't. Jeremy, tell us everything about you. So, I live here in Pensacola, Florida. Been doing the podcasting slash movie review thing for about four years now, give or take a little bit. I uh, have a, a channel called Movies Are Terrible on YouTube got a couple of different podcasts and the movies are terrible audio version that you can find on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes and then you can check out people are terrible on YouTube also there's stuff all over the place but uh yeah so me and Kevin have been working together for, for quite a while but we went on hiatus just time didn't sync up for a little bit and now we've got the whole game back together plus Super happy to have Alex. Alex and I kind of actually know each other from uh, from outside of this as well. So kind of kind of eager to check it out and see how the chemistry is, you know? All right, all right, all right, man. Let's get started. Let's get started. Let's get started. It's been an eventful week with the things that we talk about. First thing we want to jump on today is this Joker trailer. Boy, did I catch some flack. Did I catch some flack from this Joker trailer? Because I told people it was trash. I even had a guy who told me where I could put my opinion. But <laughs> um, people didn't, I guess people didn't understand where I was coming from. And I'll briefly let you guys know. My whole basis was I felt like this movie in itself was a pandering from Warner Brothers. And what I mean by pandering it is, we've been given all these broken promises and dreams for these movies that we're supposedly going to see that have never happened and probably won't, ha- won't happen at all. And it was like, here, here, just watch this. Just going to do this. It has nothing to do with anything else that we promised. So that was my reasoning for why I felt the way I felt. But, um, of course, I have not seen the movie. That's the first thing anybody says. And then they're like, you didn't see the movie. Duh, you haven't either. <laughs> you know, yeah. so... That's just the way that these things go. So I'm going to start to kick it off with my man, Jeremy. Jeremy, let me know what you thought about this Joker trailer. 
Well, first of all, I think you have some really good points. In addition to what you just now said on the podcast, we had a conversation about it on the phone, kind of right after the post was made with the day that the trailer came out. And, uh, you know, hearing out your perspective, I get where you're coming from. That said, totally disagree with you. I think it is, uh, <laughs> it is such a good trailer. I think um, what it does is kind of subvert the expectations of what fans have come to expect out of DC. First, there was this idea that DC was extremely dark, extremely brooding, extremely gritty. And then all of a sudden they changed it up after Suicide Squad and they tried to start hitting this lighter tone and get things more uh, more upbeat, a little bit more uh, tongue-in-cheek. And then all of a sudden this movie comes out that it was like five times darker than anything else that DC's done up to this point. And I can understand people that don't want to see Joker's origin story. Like, I, I get that. I understand that that's part of the appeal of the character. But I, honestly, dude, I think Joaquin Phoenix is like top 10 actors working today. And I just really like the tone of the trailer. That said, I'm willing to eat my words because Todd Phillips hasn't made a great movie ever. So that's just kind of, kind of long on that on it. Most definitely, most definitely. Before I pass it on to Kevin, I'm going to pass it on to my man, Alex. Man, tell me what you think about this. So, um, to a degree, I kind of agree with, with Jeremy. The trailer was actually pretty good. Very interesting. And, you know, this, this, this Joker seems like this is a Joker who is being hit with, you know, the troubles and trials with life. And that's what turns him into the Joker. You know, we're so used to him falling into a vat of acid or a fat of stuff that turns his you know skin white and then he just goes crazy you know but this one he's like literally going through some serious problems and he's like you know i'm probably going to start killing people as the joker you know with a smile on my face and that's what i kind of got from the trailer um and also like uh, we i think we talked about this previously but um you know from the reports that i read is that that joaquin phoenix joker is not actually not the real joker he's actually mimicking the actual joker that's in gotham so i don't know if that's jared jared leto's joker or just another figure as the joker um dc has said that this movie is outside of the dceu so it doesn't fit with you know ben affleck batman or anything like that so for the most part um i do believe it's its own separate story but you know yeah to a degree i did like the trailer um i will say though i feel like it's kind of stupid that we are getting a joker movie uh and not a batman movie or not a you know superman movie or not a justice league 2 movie i feel like like those movies should have been priority over this standalone movie that clearly that i mean i'm not gonna lie it, i'm not gonna say it broke the internet but most people are interested in seeing it and i will say it is interesting but i just feel as though this movie is uh, like somewhat out of place for me for me, it's like really out of place, but I am interested in seeing it, and I do wish DC could have focused on their top tier projects instead of the secondary projects. So that's where I'm yeah, at. Yeah, I don't disagree with that either. Those are all really good points. Now, one thing about those top tier projects, we don't DC doesn't even have a Batman or a Superman. Those actors are non-existent right now. So it, it uh, and they definitely should focus on those. I'm gonna leave it last with my man Kevin. What you got, Kevin? Okay, so um, one thing DC has been doing here lately is they've really so so we talked about Jeff Johns in the past. Jeff Johns had his role 
and then he stepped down, but he kind of helped with some of the scripts and everything. But what DC has been doing is a lot of the storylines they have going on in the comics right now, they typically find a way to incorporate those into the movies. And I have a theory about the Joker film. So, we, you know, one, one thing that us Batman fans are talking about is we like the fact that we have this, uh, this villain in the Joker, this force that he is, and he doesn't have a definite origin story. Well, in the comic books right now, there's three separate Jokers. And also, too, I was watching this trailer, and I watched it again, and I realized something. You know how the Joker is always telling his origin story a different way? This, mm -hmm. may, be, this, this may be that. Mm -hmm. If you watch that trailer, there are a couple different threads you could you can pick up and look at. And there are a couple different ways this could be. Now what it looks like is one man's descent into madness, but it may mm -hmm. not be that way. It actually might be three of three stories in there that he's telling. One mm -hmm. it looks like a comedian. you got this one guy that's a comedian out trying to make some money, trying to do stuff for his mom. One guy that looks like he has a girlfriend, maybe stuff ain't going so good, and then everything kind of goes from there. So it could be a couple different stories. So it, it, they may be holding to that. Um, That's really interesting. I think, I think you guys are right, though, when you say, hey, I wish they were focusing on their major properties. The problem with the major properties is they need to put space in between everything because they realize this right now. You take a risk when you, if you cast Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck in those roles again. I am all for it. So let me be clear on that. I would love to see those guys do it again. Don't get me wrong. But I think they're trying to make a clean break from Zack Snyder and everything that went along mm -hmm. with that. So if you're going to do that, this is the time you take that break. It seems to me that DC is trying to take the best strategies out there and put them all into one. Whereas if you look at Marvel, Marvel hasn't made a film that's really outside the realm of kind of what they did. I'll tell you, Iron Man 3 is kind of their outlier. You know what I mean? As far mm -hmm. as right. weird films, because Shane Black came in and did that one. But if you look at this strategy they got going on, they're making lighter films. Oh, and this is their first film, the kind of auteur-directed film. Right? I know it's Todd Phillips. I'm not calling him an auteur, Jeremy. So don't 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 kill me. But no, no, you, you got point though for sure. It's like they're taking movie, right? So, and they're taking that strategy from Fox because they just did this with Logan. Mm. This is their Logan. And I realize the Joker is not Wolverine. It's two separate sides of the story. What I'm saying is, if you have a studio, you don't have your major actors signed, you don't have a good script for what, what you would do for Man of Steel 2, you don't have a good script for what you would do with another Batman film, right? What they did was they said, okay, Todd Phillips had this idea, and they gave him a little bit of the money to shoot it. So instead of them going to spend $150 million, like this, this is like a $50, $60, $70, $80 $80 million movie. It's not that much as compared to what they would do for a normal superhero fare. And I think they're doing this, and, and that's why I agree with you guys a lot. I think they're doing this just so they know they have a gap in between what we just saw, Shazam, and then Wonder Woman 84. They needed something in that space. Todd Phillips had the script and said, I can do this for the cheap. Let me go out and do it. So I agree with you guys on the fact that I think it's out of place. Um, I really don't want a, a, uh, a definitive Joker origin or whatnot. But I got to say, I went back and watched this trailer probably 10 times. I like what they're doing in this thing. I really do. But we all have to come, come to grips with this just may not be our Joker. And that's what Alex was talking about. I heard that theory too as well, Alex, what they were talking yeah. about, that this may not be the definitive. This is just a guy. You got to remember too, the name of the film is not the Joker. It is Joker. So mm -hmm. well, you have in, to in the trailer, it shows... 
hey, in the trailer it shows a young Bruce Wayne, so the ages would be so far out of the realm of what they're normally portrayed as. Uh, but yeah, Joker actually like touches and makes a uh, little Bruce yeah. Wayne smile, so it seems like that it wouldn't be able to be the same Joker, right? I would, right. I would go with that. You know, I think there's an age difference uh, between the two. I mean, if if because if you really look at it, like we go back to Batman '89, look at the age difference between that, that Bruce Wayne and that Joker, right? Yeah, good point. But but at the same time, though, what what we typically read in the comics and everything, it doesn't seem that way. But mm-hmm. Alex brought it up too. This guy fell into a vat of chemicals, typically, right? We don't know mm-hmm. what that did to him. So you know, so it's kind of it's kind of one of the things where you know. If, I mean, Joker could be 75 for all we know, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, but I, I think that everybody that's spoken has something to say. I agree with, with some of the points that everybody had to make about it. I know that this film is going to be divisive. It's going to be somewhat weird, and they're taking a big risk with this movie. But I'll tell you this. If they go out there and this movie makes $200 million in the U.S. and another 200 overseas, it's a hit. The bar is gonna be really low for this to be a financial success. Sure. Yep. And guess and, and they 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 took it from it's not part of the DCEU, so they kind of padded there. They can say, okay, we made this one-off movie, you guys didn't like it. Hey, Wonder Woman '84 is coming up. You know, so for sure. Yeah. And, and for me, that's that's when it goes into the pandering aspect. Like, we gotta have something to put out so we won't get overpowered by Disney because mm-hmm. an, another topic that I'm going to bring up in a minute um, in a, one of the other segments you got we'll get back to it but uh, we're going to move on to the next thing um, some of us have seen Shazam and that some of us is everybody except for Alex but it's okay it's okay so oh, wow. <laughs> we're going to talk to another <laughs> we're going to do a little quick non-spoilers review I'm going to be very brief if I had to put the DCEU movies in a row right now I would go Wonder Woman Shazam Aquaman it's a hard 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 time between uh, Justice League and Suicide Squad for me and then mm-hmm. Batman and Superman falls went down the bottom, in the bottom of the box but just non-spoilers totally enjoy Shazam um, <clears throat> I really didn't have any issues with this movie and, and a lot of people mis- misconstrue me sometimes as a DC hater. No, I typically watch more DC content than I do Marvel content. But I had no problem with this movie at all right. whatsoever. I'm going to let the other two guys give their brief non-spoiler thoughts real quick. Go ahead, uh, Kevin. I enjoyed it. Um, so I took my 7-year-old son at 9.15 at night, which I normally don't do. And he watched that whole film. You know, he was he loved it. I loved it too for, for what they did and for what I know the character to be. It was kind of bittersweet for me though. And the reason why it's bittersweet is because as well as he as Satham did, I realized we're that much further away from getting another Superman movie. Yep. Because they have essentially they got their Superman. I said this on the last show. The power set for Superman is there now. So if they need that and want to do something with that, um, they can they can play around a little bit and, and kind of fill that void. Um, I hope they get a Superman. I hope they cast somebody, and I hope they get to moving on it. But I don't want to talk about Superman. I, I'll just say Shazam was a fun movie. Um, I know a lot of people have, from the trailers, you know, haven't seen it. We're talking about all oh, they trying to be like Marvel now. No, this movie is what it should be for that character, 
and it has a sense of humor it has this and it has that but it does not feel like an MCU film and it doesn't feel like they were trying to copy that at all because now I'm not talking about this there's some dark moments in this movie still there are you know that yeah there are there's some dark moments and we won't we won't spoil those because my man Alex hasn't seen it yet and Alex mm -hmm. I swear I wish you had seen this movie because there's so much shit to talk about but we can't get into it mm -hmm. so, <laughs> oh, yeah wow. we don't need to single you out for not seeing the movie Alex <laughs> yeah, yeah Alex no, it's all good man but, uh, but yeah I'll pass it over to Jeremy man and let him let him give his review on it you know? that's a really good point about the Superman thing holy crap I didn't think about that at all that uh I feel like, um, you know, Superman's an irreplaceable character, I guess, is a way to say it. I, I, I don't think that, but it is interesting because their power sets are so very similar. Um, sure. I now got out of it, and I thought it was just a lot of fun. I, I, uh, I kind of got what I expected out of it. However, like you alluded to, there are some kind of darker elements in it. The, uh, the Seven Deadly Sins, very cool. Mm -hmm element of mini horror within the movie really great family uh moments in it you know like a nice nice sweet sentiment about uh you know choosing your family and all that kind of stuff and uh it was it was super funny uh, the only thing that and this isn't even a complaint about the movie it's a complaint about the release schedule it really had a christmas vibe to it obviously it took place on christmas but the whole theme of togetherness and family and all of that stuff familial love like it just felt like it should have been smacked right in the aquaman spot and then put aquaman in the summertime because it's about being underwater but again that's really not a thing about the movie just something about the release dates that was no you, you i agree with you and i wonder if this movie would have doubled its weekend had they put it out around that time but the problem with that was because so you got shazam mary poppins bumble and bumblebee yeah all out at that same time though christmas was crowded and aquaman ended up winning you know what i mean winning i'm saying if they would put shazam at that time that's what three movies came out but Aquaman did aquaman but I, i'm with you on that man it did have a christmas vibe and i wonder if they'd have done a hundred million or something like that had it been all that christmas because, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever they did with Aquaman, they obviously made the right call. It's just, I guess, seasonal here. Yeah. I find that some sort of disconnect. I don't know. So, Jamie, with you saying that, would you have not put this movie out this month and waited until this Christmas? I, if it, I see, yes. Yes, I think I would have. Yes, I think I would have. I think there's just something about, for me, there's something about seeing holiday movies around the holidays that's automatically going to give them that little extra bump of sentimentality. You know what I'm talking about? Like the sleigh bells. Yeah. You like the endorphins start going in your head. And you're like, oh, it reminds me of simpler times or being a kid or whatever. So like there's, there's already that little extra bump of emotional manipulation. I think when you put it out that time of year, but I think it just yeah, felt a little more like a special movie uh, with with that element uh, being brought out and focused on more. That's a stupid criticism, though, because, again, I, I really did like the movie. I walked out of there thinking it was probably, probably my favorite uh, Warner Brothers DC movie. And I, I don't think it was a great film. I just think it was a highly enjoyable, just like crowd pleaser movie. Mm -hmm. We're going to move on to the next topic, which is CinemaCon, which was this past week. Um, we learned a lot from CinemaCon this past week. Um, you know the Disney Fox merger 
completed itself on March 20th, and it was in rare fashion and form at CinemaCon. Normally when Disney puts out the slates, it's just Disney movies, but on that slate, it included the Fox movies that are coming out. And not just the X-Men uh, movies like New Mutants of Dark Phoenix, all of the Fox series movies. Um, it was also stated that um, one of the things that they will continue to do is have 20th Century Fox and the Fox Searchlight uh, banner to continue to fly, but of course it is under Disney, and that they are still going to do Alien movies. They're still going to do Deadpool, and it was another franchise that I forgot that they said they were going to continue um, under this banner. So <clears throat> a lot of stuff went down. They showed trailers. They showed scenes from The Lion King. They showed, <coughs> excuse me, guys. They showed scenes from a lot of different stuff. So the Fox Disney merger, I, 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 it, it's final. And I can't remember if we talked about it last week. Did we talk about it last week, guys? We, we we did, and we were we were missing Jeremy Branch on that one. That's the topic that yes. he and I tend to yes. go round and round. But you know how we are, and that's but we we did talk about it though. All right. So with that with that being said, I appreciate you mentioning that, Kevin. With that being said, Jeremy, go ahead. Since you missed last week, tell us what you think about this Fox Vision merger. Don't mean to single you out for missing the show last week, Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, so yeah, I, you know, um, there are obviously a lot of trailers that they showcase. I think all that's exciting. I just want to get little clips and footage from um, from the movies, and there are a ton that they featured that that I'm really eager to see. But I think you kind of alluded to one of the big takeaways for me, Malcolm, and that's the uh, the Disney Fox merger. I think that's kind of uh, it's a signifier of it's it's a signifier of like just the Romans defeating every country around them, just like total <laughs> conquest back in the day. Like these are two such massive uh companies and Disney just swallowed them up home. And um I know for fans there are some really exciting prospects there, but it, it's just um it's really just fascinating uh for the future of the industry as a whole. Um I don't know ultimately whether it'll be a good thing or a bad thing, but it's really undeniable that it's going to have major impact. Um, you also mentioned that they're going to continue to um, put out movies that are Fox properties. I think that's great, um, and I hope they do continue to fly the Fox band. Maybe when you guys know something about whether they're actually going to still use those things. I think that's one of the big takeaways, and then the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick is the Netflix side of it. Um, there is a lot of contention about Netflix and kind of what it's doing to the theatrical experience. And there's a bit of animosity from Hollywood and traditional filmmakers about this new medium because obviously it's threatening to them. But Helen Newman took the stage at one of the presentations and uh, in the middle of her speech, she basically said, F Netflix. She said, I love Netflix, period. F Netflix. And the crowd like erupted into tears and stuff. So we're at this really interesting time where it looks like Marvel and Disney and Star Wars are going to run the multiplexes, and then everything else is going to get released on streaming. And uh, you know, maybe that's great because Disney puts out good quality stuff, but also like maybe it's the homogenization of, of art. And I guess all we can do is just kind of like kick back and see what happens. 
Most definitely, most definitely. One thing that came out of CinemaCon for me this week was that Disney has the potential to have the top five grossing movies of 2019. I want to throw that to Kevin first. Tell me what you think about that possibility. Well, it's a strong possibility. I mean, I, I think that with, with everything that they own and, and the way that all these things are coming out, I mean, we got a Star Wars movie dropping this year, and then you have... Uh, one of the most anticipated comic book movies of all time comes out, you know, in, in 18 days. So, you know, and not to mention The Lion King, you know, so so here we are again with Disney just, you know, crushing stuff. But I want to make a comment real quick and I'm going to jump off and, and let Alex jump in there. I know he's chomping at the bit. Um, <laughs> you, you know, the thing that, that Jeremy just brought up and it's, we've been talking about this for a while is the mm. Hollywood's response to Netflix. Mm. But, I understand where Hollywood is coming from and they're nervous and they're a little scared or whatever. But they say that and then we are still setting box office records. We have mm-hmm. not gone a year. No, in the last two years, we have been setting records. It could be, you know, biggest January release. Look how much money Black Panther did in the US. Like we are not that far removed away from these from these massive records. People mm-hmm. will leave their house and they will go to the movies I think mm-hmm. when you look at Netflix and the way it's consumed people binge it and people do this and that but Netflix gives us one thing it gives us the mm-hmm. freedom to just sit down on a Wednesday night and catch up on that show or that movie I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about not going to the movie so I can watch this no 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 this mm-hmm. is going to be here when I get home mm-hmm. I can watch this on Sunday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and mm-hmm. that's but I think the movie industry is missing. I really do. Now, I understand we're talking about a lot of the blockbusters and maybe some of the smaller films get swept up in some of that stuff, but I venture to tell you that some of these smaller films, their box office isn't that great anyway. So so that's, that's so I, I can see where the, the, the small guys are the ones that get caught up in this and not the big guys. I get that point, but at the same time, nobody is going to go out and see, you know, if Bill Street could talk. Like, that's not going to be a blockbuster. It's a prestige film. You're going to get your right. 20 and 30 million, and that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry. I had to just jump in there. Alex, my man, please jump in there and save me, because I'll, I'll, I'll go off. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, Kev. I got you. So, uh, I agree with a lot with what Kevin just said. And also, you have to keep in mind, someone who's an aspiring filmmaker, um, Netflix, to a degree, for people like me and other filmmakers, and actually other big filmmakers as well, Netflix, to a degree, is giving people those opportunities to make their projects. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you have to, so, like, we have to understand that, like, you know, like, for instance, Bird Box. I wouldn't pay to go see Bird Box in theater, but it was on Netflix. I was like, yo, I'm going to peep it. And and even something like, uh, even something like Triple Frontier, that was, uh, I believe that was Ben Affleck's movie. I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Ben Affleck has done, you know, he has an awesome Dope movie, He's by the way, too. Mo- yeah, very dope movie. He's done multiple movies. But when I look, when I watch the movie from beginning to end, dope movie, I can't honestly say I would pay money to go see it. I probably would, right. like, at a, like at a AMC Classic, but not at a AMC Prime Theater. That's just me. Like, I wouldn't spend $15 to go see triple frontier so like i agree with kevin's point that you know uh these the studios the studios are putting out 
project that, you know, we want to see as far as, like, you know, Netflix. When Netflix puts out something, we could literally wait a few months to go see it. Like, for instance, I'm sure everyone on this group chat has probably finished watching all of the Netflix uh, Marvel series. I have not finished Punisher yet, like, season two. I still haven't finished it. And it's been out for the last, like, five, six months. I haven't yeah. finished it, but I know for a fact. I have started it's, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's still there. It's, I know for a fact that yeah, exactly. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if, you know, I wait, you know, X amount of months. I know for a fact it ain't going nowhere for the most part. So I can just wait on it. As far as like, sounds like, like to Kevin's point when he said, you know, Black Panther, all that money that he made, all that money that Black Panther made, like that Black Panther was the first movie in my lifetime where I've seen people rent out theaters just for this movie. And I'm talking like people who have everyday jobs, people who mm-hmm. have like, uh, people who are, are, who are artists, like Kendrick Lamar rented three theaters, you know, Jay-Z rented theaters. Like, so you have to understand that it's not the fact that we can't make these blockbusters because we can, oh, we can, but it depends on certain aspects of what the movie's talking about. Like, for instance, how I brought up Bird Box. I don't believe, you know, people are going to rent out theaters for Bird Box. That's just me. I mean, it's not it's not a bad film. I enjoyed it for what it was. But if you were to say to me, hey, I'm going to put Bird Box in theaters. It's going to cost $15 to go see it. And Endgame's coming out at the end of the month. Should I save that $15 for Endgame? Or should I go ahead and watch Bird Box? You can even make that same argument with Us. You know, Us was a dope film, right? But if mm-hmm. Us was, like, very close coming out towards Endgame, I wouldn't have seen Us. That's just being honest. That's kind of what I've seen interesting thing, Alex, where, like, um, you know, a movie like A Quiet Place, which is in a lot of ways similar to Bird Box, like, Mm-hmm. Who would have ever thought that that movie would have been such a breakthrough? So there are exceptions to the rule. I guess it's just like, right. it does depend on what your preference is, but it feels like some people still do want to go get that communal horror experience in particular, you know? Like, cheap mm-hmm. horror movies seem to do all right. But, you, but, you, but, like, for me, okay, so, like, as a filmmaker perspective, right, if I spend, this is just me, if I spend $10 million on a horror film, and this is my first film, I'm not sure. Me, I'm not sure if I want to put down in theaters. I would sell it to Netflix because I know I'd get my money back plus sure. more. Yeah, and, I know, and, sure. and I know Netflix would give me some form of an interest. Now, if I spend $30,000 on a horror film, like the Paranormal Activity films, those are no more than $30,000 to $50,000. If I spend that kind of money, I'm willing to take that risk of putting it in theater because I know I can make that money back. And that's 30000 sure. including making the film and marketing. So you have sure. to look at that from a, a money perspective. Like, most, like, for instance, the Mowgli movie was supposed to come out in theater. But Warner Brothers was like, you know, Jungle Book is popping right now. I don't know how this is going to do, so let me cut my losses and sell it to Netflix. Right. They made a killing off that movie. From Netflix, even the whole Kevin Hart special that just came out. Kevin, and this and this is what people don't know, the last special he put out in theaters didn't do too well in box office. That's not to say that he's not funny, it's just like, he didn't get the return like he thought he did. So what did Kevin do? He sold it to Netflix. Now he, Netflix gave him, according to him, $40 million for that special. 
Oh, like, holy cow. You, know, crazy. You, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you have to weigh your cautious with that. So, that's where I'm at with that. Man, it's... Netflix is a... That's why I love this show, because we can get off of, into stuff that really takes the time to brush out what we really think. People have been whining and complaining about Netflix. And just like Alex said, he hasn't finished season two. I haven't even started, but I know I can. we can finish this podcast. And I can go sit in front of that TV and watch it, which I'm yeah. not going to do because I just downloaded the new Power Rangers game on Switch. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but you, you have that ability to do so. I don't understand why people are technically afraid of Netflix. Um, now, Alex, you mentioned something earlier about Netflix being a, a breeding ground for your you know, young filmmakers and even big filmmakers. But mm. in actuality, I don't know if you guys are paying attention, Amazon Prime is doing even more on that front. Yeah, that's true. They are doing even more. There's a guy that I've met um, who, who owns a company called Red Crow Comics. His name is Jay Burton. He's out of Huntsville, Alabama. And one of his movies or short films that he's done just mm. premiered on Amazon Prime. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. You know, so it's that in itself. Netflix is doing that, but Amazon Prime is even a deeper breeding ground for those mm-hmm. type of short films. Uh, there's mm-hmm. even a short series of these young professionals in Mobile, Alabama, that's getting ready to air on Amazon Prime. It's like a little documentary mm-hmm. series. So it's like it's becoming easier for people to slide in there more so than it is for Netflix. This mm-hmm. when you when you guys brought up the, the comment about Kevin Hart. It takes me back to uh, Monique. Uh, Netflix will pay for what they want to pay for if it's good. Exactly. At the end of the day. But mm-hmm. let's go ahead and we jump on to our next topic. When I got away from my list. All right. We are talking about the Avengers Endgame ticket snaffle. Oh, mm-hmm. boy, boy, boy. Um, like Man. Kevin said, Alex biting at the bit. Was about to be early. I'm gonna go ahead and let Alex jump on this. Let I know he's ready. Go. Uh, um, there you go. You got it. Go ahead. Yo, I. You know, I, first of all, I want to thank you guys for letting me be on the show today. Um, <laughs> uh, this this topic is okay. So, like everyone who who follows me on social media of any kind, whether it's on YouTube, my personal Facebook, or my multiple Facebook pages, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. They know I've been gearing up for this movie ever since Infinity War. I said on this show, and I've said on other platforms that uh, that I have and others, that you know they didn't have to release a trailer for this movie. You know, the best marketing tool for this whole movie was Infinity War. All they could have showed us, and to a degree they have, but all they could have showed us is Infinity War scene, and we would have still been sold for Endgame. So, you know, I remember uh, the last episode we did a Phantom Talk. I had said that you know I had I had recently did at that time I recently did an interview with Robert Robert Meyer Burnett and he had told me off camera that the tickets were going on sale April second you know because he's a part of the business so he knows when these things are coming out and I'm assuming that it wasn't that much of a rarity news to people who work in this particular thing so I'm sure some of you guys already knew that but he just told me like yo wake up around this time, um, go purchase your tickets, yada, yada, yada. So I have a very interesting story. So Malcolm knows about this because, like, we were talking through it when it was happening. So for me, like, uh, I remember I woke up at 7 a.m. to 
to, you know, next, well, just to get ready for work, get my family ready to do what they need to do, yada, yada, yada. Um, on Instagram, one of the Avengers, I believe it was uh, the, the actor who plays Captain America, he dropped the trailer, like, he dropped the, like, the 30-second or 15-second promo trailer of, you know, of the of the Avengers Endgame. And at the end of that trailer, it said, buy your tickets now. So I watched that. I go to my AMC app. AMC app's not working, like, at all. So I'm like, okay. I go to my app store, and I see that if there's an update for it, download the update. Update takes literally, like, three seconds. Go back into the app. Still not working. So I'm like... Okay, so I, I, I download Fandango. Fandango puts me in line. At first, it said it would be like a 20-minute wait. I'm like, cool. I'm waiting. Then it turned from 20 minutes to an hour. I was like, all right, I got to be at work at this time, so I, I think I could wait. I was like, okay. Then the line, then it says the line is, is pausing. So I'm like, all right, let me just go to the actual website on my computer. So I get on my computer, log in, blah, blah, blah. Do, and the same, essentially the same thing is happening on both AMC and Fandango. So I download the Adam ticket app. Same thing. So like me and Malcolm were talking about this. And I said, you know, are you having trouble? And um, he was like, he was telling me he was having the same, same issue. And I was like, you know what? I have maybe an hour and a half before I go to work. Let me stop by the, the theater that's uh, up the street from my house. So I'm like, the, the, the theater that's up the street from my house is a Disney AMC Prime right here in Orlando, literally five minutes. I go up, find parking, I walk to the theater, and it seemed like to me most people were not there to, to buy Avengers Endgame trailer, uh, Avengers Endgame uh, tickets, because most people were going there to, to watch stuff like, you know, Dumbo and all that other stuff. So I get in line, uh, I, I sign in on the kiosk, and I notice like the, the Dolby uh, showing of this movie is sold out. So I'm like infuriated. So I'm like so mad, because I got, I literally got up for this reason. So I pull, I pull the, the AMC guy aside, I'm like, yo, you know, the site was down. I don't, I wanna let you know, I'm not angry at you. So I'm, I don't want you to, I don't want you to think, I'm taking my anger out on you, and I, know, and I know there's nothing that you can do. But is there anything I can get with a good seating, seating with this show? He said, unfortunately, we're sold out. We had a rush come in at 5 a.m. Uh, 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 I was just like, yo, like this. I was so heated. So I found a, a standard showing where I still got to choose my seat, and, you know, um, it's had a good time. And... The standard viewing at this particular theater is the equivalent of an IMAX showing at a Regal Theater or a Carmine Theater, especially the theaters mm -hmm. back home in Pensacola. So, but still, I'm mad because that's not what I want to see there. So I'm hot, like I'm, and then I'm like hot. I post a video about it on Instagram and on Facebook. Like I am so angry. I still got my tickets, but it's not what I wanted. So, you know, later on that day, me and Malcolm were talking in AMC sends us both an email saying that we're sorry about the power outage. So I send them an email. I'm like, yo, this is unacceptable. Um, last year when Infinity War came out, I didn't have these problems at all. Like I did, when that trailer dropped where you could buy your ticket, I bought my tickets then, I picked my seat, I knew where I was going. I think uh, it was either the Black Panther premiere or the Infinity War premiere where I saw Jeremy and his wife there. And like, they didn't have that issue either. 
So uh-huh. for me, I'm like, when Endgame came out, when all this stuff was going on, I'm like, I am hot. So I think, you know, AMC and all the other theater chains should know when a blockbuster like this happens, they should be a little bit more prepared. I think the same kind of deal happened with Infinity War where the site got shut down. I'm just saying, and maybe it's because I was living in Pensacola at the time. It was, that wasn't an issue. Here in Orlando, I'm telling you, all them tickets went out like, like literally within seconds. I'm like, and every day I'm still checking to see if there's availability so I can upgrade my ticket. Cause this is unacceptable. I'm like, yo, like, but anyway, aside from my personal hatred towards this thing, I did get a ticket. I am still going to go see the movie. And I think that AMC and all this other BS is happening to do a better job of how they sell tickets. I'm not saying that I was I was the only one wrong because I'm sure that there were other people who didn't get their tickets and can't see it on the 25th. But, <laughs> but over this game, it's so funny. Right, but I feel as though someone who's been listen. I'm an AMC sub member for Christ. Oh, hey, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And on top of that, there was a point in time when I would do reviews. AMC would retweet and post my reviews on the movies that I would do. So the fact that I've established maybe a small relationship with them, that you would think that hey, okay, <laughs> Alex is one of us. You know. <laughs> They're putting hey. you on the blacklist, bro. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And I'm like, yo, like this is, I was so infuriated. So, but that's what happened to me in regards to this story. You thought Tyler Perry was done. Coming to theaters. Diary of a mad black ticket holder. <laughs> well, I didn't have that much issue getting a ticket. I went online, you know, it was closed down. Went online again, it was closed down. Made a phone call, had a ticket in about 15 minutes. Shout out to my guy who works at AMC. Anywho, I'm going to pitch it over to any of you guys. If you guys have any issues, Kevin and Jeremy well, get a ticket for Endgame. I'll jump in there real quick. So they had a virtual waiting line for tickets, and that's exactly the strategy for getting tickets from Comic-Con in San Diego. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. Part of, my little, part of my little theory on this whole thing is they just made these tickets are hot commodity. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and the movie industry, especially Disney, they can pinpoint and tell you what the opening weekend is going to be, how much interest they have, and blah, 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 blah. Right? Mm-hmm. I just got this feeling that they put this three-hour movie out. And I'm not saying they crashed the servers on purpose. I'm not going to go that far. Listen I'm to you, saying. Mr. Conspiracy Theory over here. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, that, that sounds like it could possibly be legit, though, for real. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just saying, when you have when you have a movie that's big, and we all know it's going to be big, they know it's going to be tremendous, right? The first mm-hmm. thing that Disney would do is if you are responsible for being the gateway to my product, you're going to mm-hmm. make sure that everything is good to go. Mm-hmm. Anybody that does anything for Disney is well vetted, right? Mm-hmm. I think they. And, and furthermore, if you look at the screen that popped up when you went into the virtual waiting room, it had the Avengers logo and everything, right? So mm-hmm. you only get to that screen if we plan for this to happen. You mm-hmm. like like somebody had to make that screen. They knew, mm-hmm. hey, we're gonna be we're gonna be flooded or whatever, right? 
hey, this thing mm-hmm. may go down and may crash. Guess what? Mm-hmm. It's going to create a frenzy for tickets. Now, and the reason mm-hmm. why I bring this up, the movie's three hours. They will not mm-hmm. be able to turn over as many theaters as they would with a two-hour movie in one day. So, mm-hmm. what, so what happens is, now you take this thing, people are willing to go from Thursday night all the way through Sunday night to be part of that first weekend. Mm-hmm. Right? So everybody's like, mm-hmm. oh man, this thing is so loud. Oh, I, 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 you know, people that got to go work Monday morning. Well, I'll go Sunday at 7. And I'll just have to get up, you know what I mean? And it's just one of those deals. So I mm-hmm. think part of this on their part, it may be a little bit preemptive just to say, hey, we're going to create even more of a frenzy and even more of a hype. Oh, and mm-hmm. by the way, Fandango and AMC, y'all going to take the heat because Disney don't sell tickets. Exactly. I kind of just feel like that. Exactly. I kind of feel like that. <laughs> You know, but that's just me, though. That's just me. On the next episode of Twilight Zone, crashing On the right side, I found an update for you. For $60,000, you can get four tickets for the Times Square Theater on the Friday showing of the film on eBay. Yeah, I found that You see what I mean, guys? I found that on eBay, too. Like, I see that people are literally buying tickets and selling them for astronomical prices, and I'm like, yo, like... I mean, I want to see the movie, but I, you know, I'm not spending fifteen thousand dollars to see the movie. No, unreal. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. But um, it is. It, so as far as um, I did, I didn't have a problem getting tickets. I just decided to go to the digital one. Um, it was assigned seating, so we got a Thursday showing at like seven o'clock. It's prime time. Obviously, I'd rather do the IMAX showing. It is like. It really is a big difference, but at the same time, Kevin, what you said about like waiting till Sunday or waiting till after opening weekend, like I want to be part of the conversation. I want my experience mm-hmm. to be able to be shared with the with the true fans and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'll take the hit, you know, because I, I did. I logged on super early to try to get on that showing for the seven o'clock, and it was like no. Then they opened up like at ten o'clock, and I was like, oh, I could probably soon that it sold yeah. out immediately. They put up at 2 a.m. and I was like, "No, I'm not that dedicated." Hey, up. Jeremy, real, real quick. That's why I wanted to. That's that's another point I wanted to make was. Oh yeah. When you when you have theaters who say no, we're only our last show is going to be 10 o'clock, and then we crash your servers. They start adding showing so they can sell more popcorn and drinks, and I think that's what Disney was doing. That's my point I was trying to make. Oh yeah. You can yeah, only yeah. turn you can only turn over so many theaters from 11 o'clock to 10 o'clock with a three-hour movie, right? If if AMC as a chain has not bought on to what they do in Atlanta, maybe probably Orlando and L.A. and other places where I could go see the movie at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Friday, mm-hmm. or I can go, you know, at 12.30 Saturday morning, right? So mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. cities have to buy on to that. So what do you do? I crash your servers, and I'll show you that there's a need to do this. Oh, and by the way, Everybody wants to be part of the conversation the first weekend, so you need to yeah. add more showings. You need to damn yeah. near give me another theater and make it 24 hours damn near to get everybody <laughs> in the theater. I think that's part of it. I think that's what this was. Yeah. Because the fact, that, the fact that we all logged on and those showings weren't already available means that mm-hmm. at some point AMC told Disney, hey, we ain't doing that. And Disney was like, uh-uh-uh, y'all gonna do this shit. But hook about <laughs> you doing it. Right? Exactly. So, Mickey Cotton was like, Mickey Cotton said, you're going to tell us On the other side yeah. of it, though, and I know, Alex, I think you were talking kind of in hyperbole just uh, a little bit about it. And Kevin, to your point, like, I, 
at, you can't always anticipate a movie at this uh, level. It's almost unprecedented. And the reason I say that is prior to this, the highest pre-sale tickets for a movie ever was Captain Marvel, the last freaking Marvel movie, right? And this one, right. one particular site where you buy tickets, I don't even remember which one it was. It wasn't Fandango, but whichever particular service this was that you could purchase tickets ahead of time had sold 10 times more in pre-sales than, than Captain Marvel. So, like, it's astronomical the amount of sure. pre-sales it's done. It immediately broke records for the most viewed trailer of all time. Longest run time for a Marvel movie yet. So, like, I, and just the anticipation and the hype is, is palpable. I'm just curious, and I'd love to hear what you guys think. Like, is this going to be the first Avengers movie that anybody goes and sees? Is this going to be somebody's gateway into the MCU? Oh, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think so because, like, the only reason why I say this will not be the first gateway to Avengers movies because you, like, this is why I kind of made this argument earlier. This movie did not have to put out any trailers to get yeah. to do what it's doing right now. Like, people who saw Infinity War, like, I, I know people right now who bought Infinity War on DVD, they've got it on digital, they have it on their phone, they illegally downloaded the movie. I mean, that's how much they loved Infinity War. So, I mean, there might be, out of 100%, there might be 5% of people who are going to go see this movie for the first time. Um, and those people, and I'm not saying that they're not, like, you know, like in the same uh, mindset or industry that we are in, but I'm assuming those people are probably not as big as Mar big Marvel fans. You know, I look at, you know, most people who watch this or watching this movie are not all comic book fans. Like, I'm sure all of us have read a Marvel comic book at some point. Most yeah. of these people are just Marvel movie fans. And Marvel has done a good job of just selling their movies. Like, you can watch these movies and not have to read the comics at all. Oh, yeah. You know, so I don't think that this is a movie that for the first time people are just w willing to watch. So maybe there's a guy and he just started dating a girl. And the girl doesn't give a crap about Marvel movies. He can care less. But they just started dating. And he's like, hey, let's go see Avengers. He's seen every other Avengers movie. He's like, hey, let's go see Avengers Endgame this weekend. And she's like, fine. And then they go, and she's like one of the few people maybe that would have actually went to see one of these movies for the first time. But yeah, I agree with you, Alex. I think it's like everybody's, everybody's already so invested. The reason why I ask that is because of how high the ticket grosses were. It's almost like every fan that's ever watched the Marvel movies coming out to the theater to see this one or something, you know? No, I think you've got a point. I think if you, if you go back and look at it, I don't think this is your interest. So this may be somebody's entry into going to these movies, going to see these movies at the theater, right? What I think happened to go back to Alex's point was, if I have that movie in four different places, I'm sharing that with people in the office, right? Hey man, did you mm -hmm. see this part? You like this, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever, right? So when that, yeah. you know, as far as Infinity War traveled, because I, I argue with people all the time, I don't think you've had this, have seen any other movie. But you mm -hmm. can watch Infinity War and get invested into wanting to know what's going to happen. And mm -hmm. I'm saying that from the standpoint of we put a lot of a lot of stock in, in in theories and where the Infinity Stones were going to be and how they were going to collect them. But I mm -hmm. know some people who went to the movies purely because 
their kids wanted to go, right? They mm-hmm. saw it, and they understood mm-hmm. this guy's got to collect these things so he can do the thing. And the most mm-hmm. important thing in that movie was the snap, not the stones, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody who saw it for the first time, they're saying, okay, he did the snap. He won. Now how are they mm-hmm. going to fix it? And they don't have to know exactly. anything else. So yep. I think that's kind of, so I think, Jeremy, I think, I think you're on to something there where it could be a thing to where this may be somebody's first theater experience. But I think mm-hmm. in game, I think uh, Infinity War was that on ramp for some people though. I really do. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree with that too. Yeah, it, I I just cannot believe how how soon it is at this point. I am so stoked to go see this movie. Man, man I'm dude, leaving my house like all at of us. like four o'clock just to get there on time. There you <laughs> go, oh, man. Let me, I got a sign seat, and I'm telling y'all right now. Is look, the thing <laughs> I go through sometimes in Mobile is called the Nexus. And sometimes uh-huh. some of the older folks come in and they don't read the ticket right. They don't mean mm-hmm. any harm or whatever. I'm probably just not going to be as nice as I normally am. You know, oh, when yeah. I come in there, I'm going to need my seat to be, be legit and I'm going to just need you to get your ass up. And that's just what it's going to be. Yeah. You, yeah. You know what I mean? Captain Marvel, that yeah. person, like they're a super strong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You, right. Kevin, I agree with you, man, because I promise you, if someone is in my seat, especially what I had to go through, Man, I'm oh, yeah. going to own that theater. I'm going to own that thing. That thing going to say Alex Sampson's AMC Theater. I promise you. Because if they don't rise up, I'm going to jail. For real. Yeah. And, and that's a decision we got to make, right? Either you're going to jail or you're seeing the movie. So I got exactly. I, I, I got you know what I'm saying? Like I got to make a decision right here. And I don't want you to put me in that position. Don't put me in that position. God damn it. The movie, the movie going to be going go name from Avengers Endgame to Alex Jail Time. Exactly. (laughs) Well, most definitely, guys. We got one last topic for you guys today, and I shared this with the guys in the group chat earlier. My man Kevin Garza was the first one to give a a subtlety uh, to how he felt about it. So, Kevin, take it on, man. Let me let me know what you think about what we're about to talk about. He's talking about rest hour four for everybody out here. And oh, look, wow. look, y'all, look, I'm just going to go and tell y'all, I don't give a damn about this movie. I don't, I don't. You know how somebody just, you know, you having a conversation with somebody and they are talking about something that you couldn't care less about. Mm-hmm. This is, this is that film. Listen, I like the first rest hour. Like the second one. Okay, the third one, not so much. And I just feel like this Rush Hour 4 is part of this whole Hollywood pandering um, to people uh, with these sequels. Now, I'm going I'm I'm to do a call back to the conversation we had a little bit earlier. Jeremy, this is why I am pro-Netflix and pro-Amazon and this and that. Because the filmmakers who are actually being creative and have original stories, I'm talking outside of horror now, are actually mm-hmm. ha- they actually have a home. They actually have a For home sure. here on, on, on these things that we're watching at, at the house. Mm-hmm. But, but what we see though is when you take these original ideas and they go to the big to the big guys, they don't put any money behind the marketing budget, or the, the mm-hmm. movie turns out a certain way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just tired of this cash grab remakes. And that's what this is right here. Continuing on this story that nobody gives a damn about. Like, nobody <laughs> wants to see a 45-year-old Chris Tucker running around with a 70-year-old Jackie Chan. 
Like, listen. <laughs> we, we get it. Jack and Chan will beat you to sleep. I understand that. But they're going to come back and say them same words. You understand the words coming out of my mouth? They're going to come back and do that same foolishness. <laughs> oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm just, I just don't want it. I'm sick of it. And I don't, I don't want it. So I know I'm normally not negative, And I have not seen the movie. And it might be funny. It might be hilarious or whatever. I don't care. And I'm coming <laughs> off of it. I leave it alone. <laughs> What is this? It's yeah. 2004, man. Come on, man. I don't, I'm not trying to right. use it. <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> Jeremy, go ahead, man. No, don't, don't turn it over to me. Let's fix it up first. <laughs> oh, wait. I, 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 you know what? I would love to go next. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Take it on, Adam. Take it off. Okay. Um, Kevin, I completely disagree with everything you just said. Oh, nice. Oh, that chicken. Hold on. Here we go. Listen, 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 listen. Okay. Bad Boy 3 is coming out in, I believe, next year, right? No, like, seriously. Seriously, Bad Boy 3 is coming out next year. The first two movies, comedically, I love them action-wise. They're okay. Story, terrible stories, in my opinion. But I, well, I'll say the first one's more so a classic, but the second one, it's like you know, oh, to a degree, no, I agree with I agree with Kevin. It's a uh, it's a pandering movie. I will say this: when when Will Smith and Martin Lawrence announced that they were doing Bad Boys Three, right? Yo, I'm not going to lie. I was like, yo, this would be dope because their 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 chemistry in that movie and those movies were amazing. Now, I know for a fact, and keep in mind, Michael Bay directed those last two. So that's probably why the stories were not as great. So now that we got a different director on this movie, and we've seen what Will Smith has been doing, I'm like, yo, like, this could be, you know, this could be an actual good, not necessarily a remake, but a continuation of the story. I love Marcus and Mike. And the reason why I bring up Bad Boys 3 is because it's somewhat in the same vein as Carter and Lee. And, and, and I'm not going to lie, like, yo, Rush Hour 2, like my wife will tell you, Rush Hour 2 is one of my favorite films. Especially that scene where Chris Tucker is dancing, doing the Michael Jackson and, and in front of all these Chinese people. Nobody knows what he's saying. And that is the, that is the hilarious thing about this. Like, it is so funny. Their chemistry was funny. Now, the last Alex movie... Alex just uh, another movie to justify how this movie wait, is going to be good. Wait, 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 hold on. I'm not done yet, Jeremy. I'm not right, right. I'm about to bring. I'm about to bring this home, okay? Right. So, the, 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 first two, the first two films of Rush Hour, in my opinion, were good, really good films. Really good films, and we have to say that a lot of fans were calling for them to come back for the third film. Now, I agree with most people that the third film is definitely the weakest out of all of that trilogy, for the most part. And I will say not a lot of people after the third film were calling for a fourth film. That's where I agree with Kevin on this. But I'm not going to lie. When I see, like today, I even posted the picture on my Instagram and on Facebook. I said, listen, you know, just to see their banter again that would be amazing you know like i i think that this film and the reason why i brought up 
the Bad Boys franchise and this franchise because in a, in a sense, they're somewhat identical. You got two people who really don't know each other from both films to a degree, and they have to work together and it's comedically hilarious. It is so funny. Like even in, in, in Rush Hour 3, there's some redeemable parts, especially when Carter's trying to argue with the sensei, and he's like, you know, who are you? I'm like, I'm you. No, who are you? No, I'm you. I'm like, stop, I'm, I'm, that's who I'm talking to. Who are you? I'm like, I'm you. He's me. That's precisely I'm why you. I don't want to see another one like, of these movies. He was like, he was like, yo, and I'm about to whoop your old ass. You, me, everybody's ass up in here. Him, like that is, that is hilarious. That is hilarious. So for me personally, personally, I would love to see a film. Now, here's why I kind of backtrack in terms of putting it in theaters. This should be a Netflix movie. I now, you put this. That's in even like worse. A, you put this in a summer season, I don't know if people go, because think about it, most blockbusters come out in the summer. Arguably speaking, April is the start of the summer season of movies. You put this in the summer, I don't know how that's going to do. Even if you put this in the fall, like where people don't really go see movies, it may do well. But keep in mind, there are people who are clamoring for, a, for this movie. It's not, it, may, it may not be a lot, but like, think about it. Think, I look at it like this, and this goes back to Bad Boys 3. People were not necessarily clamoring, clamoring for a Bad Boys 3. But as soon as they seen Will Smith and Martin Lawrence together, everybody was like, yo, I can't wait to see this movie. Same aspect, like I put out the, 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 the picture of them holding up the number four on my Instagram. I, for today, I've had more likes and more responses to that one picture than I have the whole month of April. I'm like that does the whole entire market, dude. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, it, it's a movie that I think should be considered, and hey, if it is, really it should be, it, it, it should be on Netflix. I but that's what I'm right. It does have uh, like a really similar formula to Bad Boys, which is a good thing. That buddy cop formula, a lot of times, like. You know that, like, the odd couple dancing that goes back and forth, people like those two cast members and, and all that kind of stuff. I can't appreciate that there are people that are fans of that franchise, but I, I do feel like, uh, and I don't, I, I'm far from wanting to be like the freaking woke police, but like, I just feel like a lot of that humor is kind of out of fashion right now, and I feel like it would have to, like, they'd have to kind of reinvent what it is because funny accents i don't know if like if we're there anymore as far as like what mainstream audiences are willing to like go with is that check out or is that seem like am i reaching no it, it is exactly why i don't want these movies i watched <laughs> martin lawrence do stand-up probably about seven eight months ago Mm-hmm. And he was trying to do jokes from Martin and just stuff that just seemed like it was from 95, 96. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. Chris Tucker has made me laugh. You know, I think Money Talks is his funniest movie. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, wait, wait, but, Kevin, 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 you talking about when Dave Chappelle helped him get get his stand-up together? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, uh, you talking about Martin Lawrence? No, not Martin, but um, you said you saw Will Smith to stand up. No, I, I, if I said I meant to say I meant to say Martin Lawrence. If I said that, okay, I'm saying okay. He was doing jokes from jokes from Martin and stuff that just seemed really dated. It really mm-hmm. was. My point is, is that people go get these films did great when they came out, 
but they are of their time. They are very of their time. And when they come with this stuff these days, like, I don't know. Like, like Chris Tucker doing that Michael Jackson thing in that movie. Uh, Alex, how old are you? I'm 26. <laughs> okay, you're 26. I'm 36. And, 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 and this is not the old it's not the old guy trying to tell the young guy he don't know anything. That ain't what this is. And yeah. I watched him do that I watched him do that same thing on Death Comedy Jam when 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 you was probably eating popsicles. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I remember I know I know exactly so, what you're talking about. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So my thing my thing is I like Chris Tucker. I just I just think we, we got all we gonna get from him. His stand up is not funny. Like dog, <laughs> like 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 I just you know what I'm saying like like are yeah. we gonna do this black are we gonna do this black man in the middle of all this Asian shit again? Are we doing that? Because that, that's, that's what and that's what Jeremy's talking about, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, are we doing that again? Like like that that's only gonna go so far with me. You know what I mean? So my, my point is this. This is my only point. Bad Boys Three. And these movies could be hilarious. Like, I could eat these, totally eat these words, and we'll come back to this. The only point mm-hmm. I'm making is this. The space that they're using for these films, we could be using for something else. We should be, we should be getting something new. Like, remember, remember when Life came out with, with Eddie and Martin or whatever? Oh, that yeah. movie is that, a classic. Oh, that movie is a classic. It's a classic, right? That was uh-huh. something new, a team-up we hadn't seen before, and they took it in a different direction. That's all I'm asking mm-hmm. for. Hell yeah, I want to see uh, Martin and Will in the movie, but you know, we, can we can we do something else? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But but hey, you're right, you are right because the social media response from both of those things has been great. I can't even I can't even lie. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna sit on my front porch and be the grumpy old man and tell you how to get <laughs> off my lawn. You know what I'm saying? You know and, and, and act up. But I think we can I'm, all come together and agree that at least Brett Rat is a stand-up guy. Like I hope him all the success in the future because he seems like a it's a real, real stand-up dude. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I was about to say, are you serious? Like, no, 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 no. Like, no. He's completely joking. Oh, okay, because uh, Malcolm, like, we might have to, like, talk to Jeremy after this is over. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> right. Right. But, but the thing is, though, what's so great about this show and all of us getting together, right? We are all different ages. And Alex, I like the fact that you said, hey, wait a minute, Kev, I like this and I'm going to see this. And you are speaking from a perspective that I don't have and I don't share. And I love that. I do. Right. I do. And I, that's why I love doing this, because you are making perfect sense. You haven't said anything wrong for you. I'm just being old and grumpy. So that's just what it is. <laughs> Right. But no, it's great, man. Too, man. I think it's so fun. <laughs> just, just not, it's alright to not agree on anything. <laughs> back in my day, we watched. Back in my day, we watched Eddie Murphy and the Lights. Where the food are doing comedy? Right, right. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. But man, guys, we have had an amazing show as always. Glad to have you back, Jeremy. Um, it's it's going down with this new run of Family Talk, guys. We're, we're doing some amazing things and just appreciate everybody for joining us. Guys, Jeremy, let everybody know where they can find you at. Check out Be Terrible on Facebook. Make sure to head over there and click a like on that page. And also, Be Terrible on YouTube. If you are a Twitter user, it is Jeremy Be Terrible on Twitter. So yeah, head over there say what's up to me. Always good to hear from you. And yeah, dude, Malcolm, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And it was a good risk with you guys for a little bit. Man, my man, Alex. Yo, you guys can find me on YouTube at Momentum Media. 
where we do three shows, at least three shows a week. Uh, Ask Alex, a new episode of that will come out tomorrow. Um, Hero TV will come out Wednesdays or Thursdays. And then um, uh, Gaming with Alex, I just released the episode last uh, this past Friday, so that comes out on Fridays as well. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Alex Hampton. And you can follow my Momentum Media Facebook page at facebook.com slash Momentum Media. And one quick plug that I will definitely be at uh, Orlando MegaCon, which is basically like San Diego Comic-Con. It's here in Orlando where I'm going to see a whole lot of different uh, famous people, and we will be live streaming the event and taking pictures with them and possibly, God willing, if I can get an interview with one of those guys. And, yeah, so stay tuned for that. And you can also catch them in the, the new stage play, Diary of a Mad Black Ticket Holder, uh, <laughs> coming, out, coming to you guys this summer. And my man, Kevin Gardner, so what's going on, Kevin? Hey, what's up, man? Y'all can find me at Hubs Picks on, on, on IG and Hubs Picks uh, on Facebook. So, Stephen, you guys know who we are. We're F-A-N-Z-O-M-S-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. We're all over social media right here on YouTube where you're watching this. And on SoundCloud where you're listening to this as well. I hope if you're listening to this while you're driving, we've kept you very well entertained. Go hit us on Instagram at Fandoms underscore Anonymous 17. And also find us on the Fandoms Anonymous Facebook page. And, Jeremy, I went through a whole show with not a sandwich, bro. That's a fair. Oh my this God! Time, that man? means we get double the sandwich references next time. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but guys, we'll see you guys later. And as always, we'll see you in another video. Bye.